Okay, we're back in this Wednesday afternoon and time for our weekly COVID update with vaccine researcher, family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel joins us once again. Dr. Gorfinkel, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Okay, lots to discuss. And we're going to start in the U.S. where a Florida judge striking down the federal masking mandate on planes, public transit, it was actually met, uh, maybe you saw this in the news and others did, Dr. Gorfinkel, with cheers on at least one flight when it was announced. But with uh, COVID cases once again on the rise, is this something, do you think, really to cheer about? I hardly think so. I mean, this has drastic and dire consequences for public health. It represents a scary precedent for future pandemics, although it is an interesting story to talk about. Who is this judge in Florida? She's a Trump appointee, an extremely very young 34-year-old who was, you know, criticized for her lack of experience. But it's interesting. It came down to one thing. Are masks a form of sanitation? And she argued that, no, masks are not a form of sanitation because in order to sanitize, you have to be actively cleaning something, whereas masks block virus. And boy, do they block virus. N95s will block four out of five cases. A surgical mask will block three out of five cases. You know, airplane filters, well, they remove 99% of particles, but the problem is filtration systems aren't even on during boarding. You know, face masks, there's no question. They offer an extra layer of protection, especially when someone's sitting next to someone infected. Why would we not do this? You know, I, I leave it to you. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I thought it was interesting reading the judge's decision, Dr. Gorfinkel, because as I understand it, the judge was essentially, to your point about sanitation, saying the problem with masks is that it captures or holds on to these uh, droplets. But isn't that exactly what masks are supposed to do? That's how they work and how they keep us protected because it blocks my droplets from getting into the air and getting to you. Exactly. And instead, she landed on something on the the definition of what sanitizing is. That sanitizing is proactively cleaning. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's a form of cleaning. If somebody is, is wearing a mask that thoroughly blocks their ability to spew virus in my direction, that's a form of cleaning. It's so that I don't breathe it in. You know, so the arguments were made. Well, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has exceeded its authority. It failed to justify, you know, the order of mask mandates. And, you know, I can only shake my head. I suppose the U.S. is determined, and I hate to say this, to maintain its highest death rate in the world, in the Western world, that is. I, I, I can only feel sorry for the, you know, again, once, once again, we're seeing the inequities laid bare. All right. Meantime, Canada, we are holding on to the masking mandate when it comes to a planes and public transit. Uh, is there a concern, though, with this decision out of the U.S. and U.S. airlines no longer mandating masking, that there might be a lot of confusion amongst travelers and that that might add to the uh, COVID caseload and the uh, transmission? What I'm concerned, it's, it's absolutely it will have, as I mentioned, drastic and dire consequences in public health. There's no question. We will see an uptick. And not only will we see an uptick in cases, we will see an uptick in sharing of variants of concern. So where variants may have been at least theoretically contained in one state or one area, now we see easy transmission of that, right? So that's what, that's what travel and world travel has done. 
There's no question that lockdowns, I know that's a terrible word to use nowadays, but the lockdowns have made a difference, trying to contain the virus in one area. So, and who's most at risk? You know, who are the people cheering on that airplane? I saw that video too. I found that extremely disturbing. I can guarantee you it was not one of the voiceless. It was not one of the elderly with chronic conditions who was doing that cheering. We know who was doing the cheering. It wasn't that person. Okay, since we're on the topic of uh, masks and masking, do you think uh, we should return to a masking mandate here in the province of Ontario? As you and I spoke uh, several weeks ago, of course, the mandate was lifted right after spring break. We've seen uh, cases on the increase. Hospitalizations are on the rise in the province as well, Dr. Gorfinkel. Is it time that uh, we start to seriously consider maybe uh, imposing once again a masking mandate here in the province, do you think? It is not too late to bring this back. A mask is, remains a simple ask. And I think until case counts are not only down, and we know that they're down, but they're down for a couple of weeks, that's when we need to lift it. Much to our favor, we have a largely vaccinated population. Much to our favor, it's springtime. Windows can be open. We can get that great cross breeze now. You know, but against us, hospitalizations are up. ICU visits are up. And never mind, there's that backing, background lurking fear around long COVID, which simply cannot be dismissed. We can't ignore that. That's, that's a real risk to people. And we have yet to define what that risk is from the BA2 subvariant. All right. When we talk about uh, risk from the uh, subvariant from Omicron in general, uh, before we leave this topic of uh, masks and masking, I wanted to also get your take on uh, Uber, because Uber Canada, they have announced that masks will no longer be mandatory on rides as of April the 22nd. So uh, coming up on Friday, I believe, uh, and moving forward. And you just mentioned about it being springtime and at least we get a cross breeze and open the windows. Is that enough if I'm in an Uber and I am now unmasked or my driver's unmasked to just have that cross breeze blowing if, uh, you know, the windows are all open in the car? Well, it's an interesting decision that they came to. And understand, this is a company-specific decision, right? So it's back taxi and Toronto cab company doing this? No, they're saying requiring masks remains a smart health and safety policy. And it's not just about protecting the passengers. It's about protecting their drivers whom they have hired. So Uber is a little more open. And I suspect it's a younger crowd that's on Uber just in general. So, but to me, that doesn't justify it. I would have said, look, it's an enclosed space. You know, again, it's a relatively public space. A mask is a a simple ask just to do it in the car, to protect that driver, to protect oneself. Because if you're getting in that car, do you ultimately know if that driver has, has you know, COVID-19 or not? You can't tell. So this is just it. I, I would have left it in place, but the company, and this was their own personal decision, said, okay, you don't have to wear a mask on Uber. We leave it to the passenger and the driver to decide. Right. So having said that, if I do get an Uber starting uh, this weekend and into next week, uh, is your advice to wear your mask? Again, the the mandate's been dropped, but as you uh, point out, the decision is still a personal one, one you can make. Are you safer, obviously, with a mask on in the back of an Uber, even if the driver is maskless? Well, Iris Gorfinkel will speak to her own actions in the car. What Dr. Gorfinkel would do is 
yeah, I probably would still call that Uber, but I would wear that mask. I would keep the windows open. And I might even ask the driver, would you mind wearing a mask? I don't know if they have a a way that I could request, can the driver please wear a mask? But that's what I would do, simply because I really don't want to get COVID. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, because I know Uber has had a policy up until, I guess, the 22nd now. uh, When you click on your Uber and you accept the ride, you also have to uh, click that I do have a mask and I will be wearing a mask on my ride. So it'd be interesting, Dr. Gorfinkel, you're right, if they reconfigured their app that uh, I could ask the driver whether or not uh, they are wearing a mask. Yes. So we'll have to see what happens. I think this is left to the individual to decide. And again, Mm -hmm. you know, Uber, the company, has made that decision to place the onus of the burden of the decision potentially on those who are most vulnerable. And often those who are most vulnerable are sometimes less apt to speak for themselves and their needs. I really do need you to wear that mask. I'm really concerned. I have health issues. Can you please wear a mask? What happens if you, if you order a mask wearing driver and they happen not to be wearing one? Well, I think it should be up to that individual to be able to say, you know what? It's okay. Please put on your mask. I'm wearing mine. Please wear yours. Let's, let's respect one another. All right, we've got to get a break. When we come back, there's been a lot of talk this uh, week about testing, and in particular, rapid testing. Just how accurate is it? How sensitive is rapid testing to this new BA2 subvariant? We'll ask Dr. Gorfinkel all about it after a break here on The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring. 